as you guys know, uh, for the last few weeks, I've been uh, uh, so blessed to come up here and share with you about the, the core values that we have decided to adopt at Belle Isle Community Church. And before they throw the, the slide up on the screen, I, I wanted to, to kind of build up to it a little bit. And as most of you know, before I came here to this church, uh, I worked for the better part of a decade at Wycliffe Bible Translators. I'll give you three guesses what they do. And uh, I, was in, I was in HR there for um, about eight years. And when I worked there and learned about Bible translation, there was a part of me for a long time that didn't really get it, like probably for like six months at least. It's just like, I don't know, like it's already translated in a few hundred languages. How many could there be? Like over 7,000, just so you know. And it really opened my mind to it when I was there and they started calling, instead of it uh, being called a, a mother tongue, they called it a heart language. And the reason that they do that is because it's the language that we think, dream, and pray in. It's, it's the language with which we talk to God. And it matters. And I know it matters. And, and one of the partner organizations that we worked with so often was called E10. It's an acronym. It stands for Every Tribe, Every Nation. And that is their mission. And so when we were putting together what we wanted to stand for here at the church, we ended up going to the book of Revelation chapter 7. If I can turn the last page by itself. That was way harder than it had to be. All right. <laughs> Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. After these things, I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one could count, from every tribe, every nation, every people, and every tongue, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches, were in their hands. The book itself tells us there will be people from every tribe, every nation, every tongue in heaven. And so this week, I am so excited to get to tell you that one of our core values is diversity and that we strive to be a multicultural church that reflects heaven. Because if this is what heaven is like, I want that here with us. Thank you. Pastor Scott. Well, good morning, everybody. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 23. We're going to finally finish uh, Psalm 23, and today's going to be the last day. So if you will, um, David, if you can move the, the table for me, I'd appreciate it. Psalm 23, and we are going to continue in our series on Psalms. So let's go to Psalm 23, and uh, um, let's, let's read it one more time just together. And then I've got a couple couple questions that I want to ask you today as we look at Psalm 23. If you have your Bibles, get them open. we got sermon notes uh, available for you today. And let's go to Psalm 23. If you're with me this morning, let me hear an amen. amen. Lord is my shepherd, I will lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. 
Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a great psalm, isn't it? Now, all of that psalm is incredible. But if I were to ask you today, what is the best part of Psalm 23? I mean, if you had to, if you had to pick one of the better parts, and you have an opinion just like everybody else says, you're allowed to pick and choose, but if you were to think and, and, and answer the question, what is the best part of Psalm 23? You may be here today and you may say, well, I just like the fact that he's my shepherd. And that's a, that's, a, that's a great answer. You may say, I like the part where it says, I don't have to be in want. That's a good one. You may say, I like the fact that he leads me besides green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. That's a good part of Psalm 23. You may pick the part where it says, he leads me in paths of righteousness. I like that one. You may say that uh, you like the part where it says, even though I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. I like that one. That's the only time where God says in Psalm 23, I'm with you in the valley. That's a great, that's a great one. You may, uh, you may say, I like the part where it says, goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. That's a really good one too. But if I were to pick the best part of Psalm 23, it's none of those. They're all good. But the best part of Psalm 23, church, is the last sentence. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We don't talk about heaven very much. And what I love about Psalm 23 is it reminds us that one day we are going to spend eternity in heaven forever. That is awesome. And for whatever reason, we don't seem to talk about heaven anymore. So guess what? For the next 22 minutes, we're going to talk about heaven. Heaven. We get to go to heaven. And that's a good thing. And we need to celebrate that. And we need to remind ourselves, watch this, that we are just passing through. This is not our final destination. So in your notes this morning, I, I got a confession. I, got a, I, I messed up a little bit and things are a little backwards in your notes. So, so, so it's my bad. I take responsibility for it. Uh, I like leaders that take responsibility when things don't go right. I think leaders should own it. And I own it. I messed up. So I want you to go to the middle of your notes, and we're going to talk, talk first about heaven, but we're going to talk about uh, uh, the little phrase there where it says in your notes, the Bible on heaven, because the Bible is filled with scriptures on heaven. I want to know what does the Bible say about heaven. And there's a great verse of scripture, you'll see it there in your notes, in, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, since then you have been raised with Christ, watch this, set your heart on things above with Christ. 
where he is seated at the right hand of God, and set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. I like that scripture there. It says, set your heart on things above. I don't know if you're like me, but if you are, I think sometimes we set our heart on things of this earth. Way more than we do about setting our hearts on things in heaven. Our heart is set on, on paying bills and, and, and working and cleaning up after hurricanes and raising kids and raising grandkids and worrying about retirement. And, and every once in a while, we just need a little uh, shaking to realize that we get to spend eternity in heaven, and we've got to set our hearts on the things above. We've got to set our mind on the things of this world, not of this world, but the things that await us, and you've got to make a conscious decision. Just like you set when you're cooking, you set the thermostat on a certain temperature, what are you doing? You're being intentional on setting that temperature. Colossians says, set your mind on things above. Set your mind not on this world, but set your heart on the things that are to come. The Bible is really, really clear on heaven. Look at another scripture there in your notes. Philippians chapter 3. It says this, but our citizenship is in heaven. I like that. And then look at Hebrews chapter 13. For We do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for a city that is to come. The Bible is really, really clear on heaven and what the things are to come. Now, watch this. I've never been to heaven. You've never been to heaven. Now, there are some people that have been to heaven, and I think that's really cool. I would like maybe to go to heaven one day, but I'm not quite ready yet. Some people have gone to heaven, they've written books. Some people have gone to heaven and they've, they've, they've produced movies. But for me, watch this, I want to go to the Bible to tell me about heaven. I want to go to God's Word to look and see what God says about heaven heaven. This past weekend, we went to, uh, we went to Volusia County, and there's this little uh, magazine that's called uh, a dining guide. Now, if you've never been to a city, one of the best things you can do before you go to the city is to pick up a guide. And this guide tells you all you need to know about where to go when you visit a city. Whenever we go to a city, I always look for this magazine. Because this magazine is going to tell you all about the city that you are visiting. You know what? God's Word is the same way. This is the guide that we can use to find out about the city that we're going to. And it's called heaven. And I can't wait to get to heaven. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. What does Jesus say about heaven? See, I, I want to know what the Bible says, number one. And then number two, I want to say, what, I want to find out what Jesus says about heaven. And, and I did some calculations, and I know there's some, there's some engineers here that you're going to fact check me on this. There are 1,944 verses in all four Gospels of Jesus' words. 
They're called the red letter in the Bible. 1944. I've listed out the top ten subjects that Jesus talked about in those four Gospels. The first topic that Jesus talked about the most was God and the Holy Spirit. I think that's interesting. He talked about his Father. He talked about the Holy Spirit. Why do we as a church talk about the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. It was his number one topic. If you calculate all the words that Jesus spoke, he spoke the most about God and the Holy Spirit. And number two, guess what? The second topic that Jesus talked the most about in the Bible, and it is heaven. Everyone say heaven. You see, I think heaven's pretty important. And we don't talk about heaven because we've never been there. We don't, we read Revelation and we kind of get spooky and scared about what it says. But Jesus talked about heaven, the second most topic. And the third topic he talked about the most was hell. So Jesus' top three was God, heaven, and hell. And by the way, if you look way down on the list, money was way down at number 10, just to make you feel a little bit better today. So what do we need to know about heaven? I'm going to give you six points here real quick. Are you with me? Let me hear an amen. What we need to know about heaven, number one, we need to know about heaven is that heaven is our real home. Now, at the count of three, I'm going to ask you what your address is. And I want you, at the count of three, everyone to say your home address. Ready? So, so let me do this uh, one more time explain it. At the count of three, I'm going to ask you to say your home address. Okay? Virginia's looking at me like I've, I've lost my mind. Uh, at the count of three, everyone say your home address. Ready? One, two, three. 130 Galahad Lane. Let's try that one more time. Ready? One, two, three. 130 Galahad Lane. See, most of you, if you're paying attention, you rattled off an address of a home that's here in Central Florida. Can I remind you today that your home is in heaven? It's not 130 Galahad Lane, Maitland, Florida. It's not what you just rattled off a few minutes ago. That's where you live, but your home is in heaven. Can I get an amen? John says, in the book of John, it's there in your notes, he says, my father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going to prepare a place for you. Your home, my home, is heaven. I love what Billy Graham says. He says, my home is in heaven. I'm just passing through this world. I like that. I think Billy Graham reminds all of us that, that, that our home is not the address our home is in heaven. Many of you know that Tammy is a, a real estate appraiser. And sometimes on the weekend, I go uh, with her to assist her because she has to measure the house. And she does work for the VA. So she gets to meet all the veterans and, and, and help to get them alone. And I've noticed that when I go on appraisals with her, people, watch this, love to talk about their home. 
Just give them a chance, and they will take you on a tour, and they will walk you through every room, the carpet, the granite countertops, the garage, and they will go on forever. Talking about their home. And I do the same thing, but I think every once in a while it's really, really healthy for us to be reminded that the address that you're living at right now is not your home. You're like Billy Graham. You're just passing through. Heaven is our home. Many of you know that I've been listening to country music lately. I can't explain it. I'm a jazz guy. But country music is like, I'm serious, it's like drawing me close. I get closer to God when I listen to country music. I love God more. I love my wife more. I love my kids more. I love America more. I just love everybody listening to country music. I told Tammy we were, I was doing this series on heaven, and she said, oh, there's a great song you've got to listen to. And so I played it, and she is right. It's a song by Carrie Underwood, and it's called Temporary Home. Because this is not our home. Let's watch this. Thank you, Carrie Underwood, for reminding us that this is our temporary home. I mean, it helps that she's beautiful, just like my wife. I mean, Carrie, Un <laughs> Carrie Underwood looks like my wife. I watched that yesterday, and I cried, and I thought, what a great reminder. Country musicians can remind us all that this is our temporary home. Point number two, real quickly. What we need to know about heaven is that this is not our home. Number two, what we need to know about heaven is that heaven is eternity with Jesus. We're going to see Jesus. Revelation chapter 2, they will see his face and his name will be on our foreheads. For those of you who don't like tattoos, Sounds like we're getting a tattoo when we get to heaven. I don't read Revelation much because I don't really understand it, but if you look at the Bible, you're going to see his face, and you're going to have a tattoo on your head that says, Jesus. I remember my dad a couple years ago. He called me up and said, said, said hey, I want to show you something. So they were living in Castlebury. So I, so I said, all right, come on over. Now, my dad grew up Pentecostal, Assemblies of God. They didn't gamble. They didn't drink. They didn't go to movies. They didn't do tattoos, nothing. And so he came over. I could tell he was nervous. He said, he said I'm going to show you something. I said, well, show me. And my dad, Pastor Jim, rolled up his sleeve. He got a tattoo on Orange Blossom Trail. Jim loves Bobby with a big heart. I almost had a heart attack. I said, Dad, where'd you get this tattoo from? He said, don't tell Aunt Priscilla. Don't tell anybody. This is for Mom. 
I said, Dad, where'd you get it? He says, oh, I went down to OBT. I said, Dad, how much did you pay for this tattoo? He said, $25. I said, Dad. And Chris and I teased him for years because it looks like, for 25 bucks, it looks like Tim loves Bobby. He got ripped off. I don't have a tattoo yet. I might get one. But heaven is going to spend eternity with Jesus. And we're going to see his face. And and don't forget, you're going to get a tattoo with Jesus on your forehead. I don't really care. I just want to be with Jesus. I want to see Jesus. Why? Because heaven is spending eternity with Jesus. Look what Max Licato said. We may speak about a place where there is no tears, no death, no fear, no night, but those are just the benefits of heaven. The beauty of heaven is seeing God. I love that. William Barclay says this, for the Christian, heaven is where Jesus is. We do not need to speculate on what heaven is going to be like. It is enough to know that we will be forever with him. Heaven is spending eternity with Jesus. Oh, that will be glory for me. Glory for me. Glory for me. When by his grace I will look on his face. That will be glory, be glory for me. What do you need to know about heaven? Number one, this is not our home. Number two, heaven is spending eternity with Jesus. And I love this one. Number three, the third thing you and I need to know about heaven is that heaven is heavenly. That's deep, isn't it? It's incredible. It's breathtaking. Sometimes we take Austin out to dinner, and we we take him to a good, and he gets into a nice steak. His first response is, oh, yeah, I love that. That's what heaven's going to be like. It's going to be heavenly. Revelation chapter 21, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no crying, no more pain. It's going to be heavenly. In your notes there, I wrote the phrase, no more. And I want you, not now, but in a few moments, I want you to write in some things that heaven is not going to have. I've listed a couple of these, and here's a couple of my, what I call this is my no more list. No more pain, sorrow, or sin. No more crying, cancer, or commercials. No more temptation, grief, or regret. No more fear, anxiety, or stress. No more wrinkles. No more arthritis. No more gray hair. No more Bengay, Pepto-Bismol, or Preparation Aid. No more, no more war. No more famine. No more plagues. No more hatred, no more racism, no more bigotry, no more prisons, no more hospitals, no more nursing homes, no more cavities, root canals, or flossing. When it comes to golf, no more double bogeys, no more more triple bogeys, and no more Scorecards. No more ABC, CBS, 
for NBC. No more red lights, no more traffic jams, no more I-4. <laughs> no more voicemails, passwords, or spam. No more hurricanes, droughts, or wildfires. No more personal injury commercials. No more personal injury billboards. No more personal injury. No more political campaigns. No more political debates and political elections. No more Congress, committees, and caucuses. No more taxes, tariffs, or tips. There will be tithes. No more abortions, no more mass shootings, no more funerals, no more COVID, no more masks, no more boosters, no more eBay, Amazon, or Google. No more Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, or Nutrisystem. No more riots, picketing, and looting. And no more dirty dishes, dirty laundry, or dirty diapers. That's what heaven's going to be like. No more. You've got your list. I want you to think of some of the things that, 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 that heaven is not going to have. Why? Because heaven is beautiful. It's breathtaking. It is heavenly. Number four, heaven is filled with those we love. I wrote in your notes, those I love in heaven. Do we need to be reminded today that the Bible says in Hebrews, watch this church, there's a heavenly host that is watching us. Those that have gone on before us and heaven is going to be filled with those that we love. I'm going to see Pastor Jim's tattoo again. You're going to get to see your loved ones, your mom, your dad, your, your children, those that you've lost. Heaven is filled with people. With people. Can I remind you today, church, if we were to take an inventory of everything that we possess, I want you to think about the home you're living in. It's not your home. I want you to think about your cars. I want you to think about your assets. I want you to think about your 401K. I want you to think about your clothes. I want you to think about your boat. I want you to think about your fishing gear. I want you to think about your golf clubs. I want you to think about the shoes in your closet. You tally the assets that you have, and they're not going to heaven. Because in heaven, there's only people. People are the only thing that's going to heaven. We leave it all behind. If I were you, I'd start giving it away because you're not taking it with you. And we are so passionate about our things. They have corrupted us at times. They've consumed us at times. The more you have, the more you got to worry about. And you're not taking it with you. Why? Because heaven is filled with people. People matter. 
because they're the only thing they're going to heaven with us. Your wife, your husband, your kids, your grandkids, your neighbor. Heaven is filled with people. Now would be a good time for an offering, wouldn't it? Right now. You're going to see your loved ones. We're going to see people that are part of this church that have gone on to be the Lord. I've often told people that, 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 that when I came here 12 years ago, everybody thinks, you know, the Sun Trust and the, the building and, you know, the $18 million in debt was a big deal. You know what? That's not really a big deal. You know what the hardest thing about this job is and, and working at Balao Community Church is saying goodbye to the people that we love. That's been the hardest thing. I bet I've done 100 funerals in the past 12 years. But guess what? We're going to see them. Why? Because heaven is filled with people. And I want to get to heaven. Can I hear a big amen? Real quickly, heaven is available for everyone. Sandra uses scripture, Romans chapter 9, verse 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Heaven is for everybody. Number six. We got to go. John talked about this today. Heaven will be diverse. Everyone say that word diverse. No, 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 no. I get it. That word has taken on a new kind of meaning the past 10 years. But just so you don't send me an email this week to complain, I put in your notes the definition of diversity. I don't want an email on this. I don't want an appointment on this. I don't want you to call the church this week. Why? Because diversity is including representatives from more than one social group, culture, or economic group. That's what diversity is. And heaven is going to be diverse. Look in your notes. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, and they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you, Lord. To scroll and to open the seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God. Every person from every tribe, every language, every people, every nation. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. Every nation, every tribe, every language, a great multitude. Heaven is going to be diverse. And guess what? I want for Belle Isle Community Church. I want this church to look like heaven. Why? Because heaven is going to be diverse. And if you have a problem with people that don't look like you or act like you or talk like you, you're going to have a problem in heaven. Because heaven is going to be filled with people that don't look like you. They're going to have a different color than you have. They're going to have a different language than you have. They're going to come from a different background than you have. And if you have trouble now, you are really going to be in trouble in heaven because heaven is going to be filled with every tribe, every nation, every language. Heaven is going to be diverse. So if I were you, boy, things heated up there, didn't they? Things got heated up. If I were you, 
I would start hanging out with people that don't look like you. Start hanging out with people that don't have the same skin color as you. Because there's a lot of tension in our nation. A lot of tension. Faults on both sides. But how in the world can we expect not to get along here on earth, but oh, it's going to be okay in heaven. We're going to get together in heaven. No, no, no. Heaven has started now. And now is the time to hang out with people that don't look like you. Now is the time to hang out with people that, that you're not familiar with. Now is the time to hang out with people that come from a different culture than you do. And I bet if we took a poll, I bet most people hang out with people that look just like them. And we do that because it's comfortable. We do that because it, it just sets us at ease and we're just, but it's not right. Because heaven is going to be filled with every nation, every tribe, every language, forever. So if I were you, I'd start getting along now and not waiting. A couple months ago, we had a, we had a gentleman deliver a, a, a refrigerator. Ours broke down. Time to get a new refrigerator. He came in. And he was African-American. I was just minding my own business, doing what I did. And suddenly, man, I just felt inspired. And I think, like, he probably thought, like, this was a little awkward, but it wasn't. Right in the middle of the installation, I looked at him. I said, John, I want you to know I don't hate you. He dropped his screwdriver, he dropped his pliers, and he looked at me and said, and I don't hate you. And we, we hugged right there in my house. Like, that was just a little thing, but it came, I believe, inspired by the Holy Spirit. I'm just reading the paper, minding my business, watching football, and suddenly there was a, a gentleman who, there's tension in our world, there's tension in our society, and I wanted him to know John, I'm going to heaven, and I hope you're going to heaven, and we need to get along now because in heaven we're going to be together. Let's just start now. So how about you take someone out to lunch that comes from the other side of the tracks? How about you hang out with somebody that speaks a different language and do you good because heaven is going to be filled with diversity. Number seven, last one. Boy, I'm really stomping on people's feet today. Heaven, I love it. Heaven is better than the best of earth. Someone's phone goes off right in the middle of my point. In heaven, there'll be no cell phones. Heaven is better than the best of earth. First Corinthians, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. 
No human mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Look what C.S. Lewis said. Has the world been so kind to you that you should leave with regret? There are better things ahead than anything we leave behind. To go to heaven, Jonathan Edwards says, is to fully enjoy God. It is infinitely better than the most pleasant accommodations here on earth. Heaven is better than the best of earth. Last night I got to babysit Heidi. First time. I reminded Raleigh and Aaron, we've raised four kids. We are fully capable of babysitting. It was a little of a buzzkill because they dropped her off at five. She uh, nursed and went to bed, and she slept all the way through the night. So I got a few minutes with her. But as I held that baby, I thought, man, this is really cool. My new name is G-Pops. G-Pops, that's my name, G-Pops. Now, holding a grandbaby is spectacular. Heaven's better. Being in love with my wife, being married 38 years is great. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Traveling the world is fantastic. Heaven's better. Thanksgiving with your family is phenomenal. Heaven's better. Coffee in the morning. Oh, oh, I'm having trouble with this one. Heaven's better. What we are enjoying now on earth is great. But heaven is better. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. What's heaven going to be like? I can only imagine.